In today's show, we're going to be talking to Darshawn McAway. He is absolutely no stranger to the Writer's Corner live show. Darshawn has got a whopping 32 published um, titles. 11 of those titles are bestsellers. And today he's going to talk us through how you can turn children's books into animation films, how you can uh, fail forward because we all fail in life, but how can you turn that around into something positive and fail forward? And we're also going to be talking about one of his latest books in Anaya's Adventures. So stay with us. When we come back, we'll have more information on Darshawn McAway. <laughs> If you're just joining us, welcome to the Writer's Corner live show. I'm your host, Bridgette Limbanda from Cape Town in South Africa. Today's stream is made possible by StreamYard, Creative Edge, and BeLive Media. A special warm welcome to you, our audience. We are monitoring the comments. This is an audience-centric show, so please feel, feel free to say hello and where you are joining us from. In today's show, we're going to be talking to Darshawn McAway. Also, if you are new to the show, if you've never watched us before, just type new in the comments and then we can give you a shout out. So our special guest today, Darshawn McAway, is a best-selling author and businessman. His businesses include a fragrance line, a children's publishing company called babyauthors.com. He has a clothing line and a very well-known podcast. With all his successes, Darshawn still says his proudest moment is becoming a father and being a husband. He rose to fame with his best-selling children's uh, series, Anaya's Adventures, made available in the Walmart stores and other big retailers. But I'm not going to give away too much more about that. I actually want Darshawn to talk about it himself. So with that, let's give a warm welcome to Darshawn, shall we? Darshawn, welcome. You're a great friend of the show, so I'm delighted to have you back here again. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for the introduction. Oh, my goodness. That was fantastic. Uh, it's awesome to have you back with us. But there's many people who've not on you know who may not have met you because people come and go there's always new people watching the show um we go live on different platforms and so i want to ask you if we can if we can start off by 
could you tell us, you know, what your journey has been like so far as an author? And I really, really, really want you to tell us how it came about that Anaya's Adventures got into Walmart. I mean, that is huge. That's okay. a massive win. Oh, yeah. Huge. So, you know, <clears throat> there's two different timelines in my life. Uh, when I was 23, I had wrote my first book, Do You Mind If? Sold over 170,000 copies. And, you know, from there, I ended up coming out with some more titles, which kind of gives me like that 32 number mark. But then uh, in the year of 2015, I ended up getting married. And I told my wife, I said, hey, uh, we got to figure out a way to uh, take care of this little one here. You know, uh, we, we didn't really plan out the financial uh, revenue on having a, a, a baby. So I say, hey, listen, I know some people. Very, very few people do, right? <laughs> right, right, right. So um, I told her, I say, listen, uh, I know some people in Arkansas. There's a few people who owe me some favors. Uh, maybe they can connect me with some people at the headquarters. Uh, well, those people that I knew, they no longer work there. So we had made our way to Arkansas, got ourselves situated up in the Bentonville area where the Walmart headquarters is. And I wasn't hearing back from people for weeks. So I say, listen, uh, I got to go up there. Right. And that's a big no, no, especially in today's time. But in 2015, this is way before COVID didn't, you know, that type of stuff that wasn't even in existence. So I go up there. I have all my materials with me, a business card, the first book, first children's book, uh, Anaya's Trip to the Rainbow. Right. And lo and behold, I see this gentleman coming out. And I'm like, okay, I can I can ask this guy what's going on. So I'm walking up the steps and I purposely bump into him. I said, oh, excuse me, sir. Uh, hey, my name is Darkshawn McAway. I'm trying to figure out how do I get my children's books placed inside of Walmart? So he said, well, tell me more. I said, well, yeah, I have this small publishing company called babyauthors.com, and we're trying to come up with a five-book series, and we want to find out how to get our books, you know, inside your stores. He says, well, guess what? My name is James Cameron. I'm the vice president of Walmart. You just <laughs> met the right person. So I go, what? <laughs> said, you know, oh my goodness, like what are the chances of that ever what, happening? What are the chances, right? So uh, he says, give me your business card. I'm going to connect you with the book buyer. Uh, the book buyer emails me like, you know, three or four days later, says, uh, James Cameron told me you're the person that I need to know. Uh, when can we set up a meeting? We set up a meeting like a week later. I brought my wife and my daughter and um, the meeting went well, you know, to say the least. But what I, what I love about that day the most is when, when the meeting was over, James Cameron came back to to give me a handshake to say congratulations. And I have that photograph of him knowing that I was going to land the deal with Walmart. Wow. That, you know, that to me is just humanity right there. Right, right. <laughs> you know, of, of people being hands-on in their staff. I mean, it's such a great example of um, being actively involved in your business because a lot of people lead from the top. Um, they're not visible. They're not available right. to, right. you know, to customers, to clients, um, and even oftentimes not to their staff, you right. know. So I think a huge big shout-out to Walmart for that one. Yeah. Yeah. The, and, you know, and little, little did I know at the time, they were looking for people like me who were who had a small business, who had a great product. It just so happened that they do not have enough of uh, what they will label urban books or African-American books placed inside their stores. So when I told them about the business plan of having a five book series, uh, they were all for it. So it's been it's going on six years now. I've been doing business with Walmart going on six years, uh, roughly in August. 
Uh, August is when Anaya was born. Her birthday is uh, August 8th. So, you know, from there, we've been able to create so many different things. Socks, shoes, bed sheets, umbrellas. So, you know, Walmart doors opened up to, to us tremendously. But, you know, Dos, Sean, I also want to say that you created that, you know, as much as this guy was amazing and fantastic and the timing was just perfect, you created that opportunity. If if yes. you didn't go in there um, asking the questions, it would never have happened because sometimes we don't ask. We expect things to just fall in our pathway um, without us taking the first step. But you took that first step and and it's been amazing for you. Oh yeah. Big, yeah. And you're correct. You're correct. And that's, that's a lot, a lot of people are nervous to do something like that. And what I, what I try to tell people is when you want to get inside these big retail stores, what are you offering? Right. Uh, I have like this, this popular story that I like to tell, I like to call it dark Sean and the beanstalk instead of stealing from the giant, you know, which would be Walmart or these big box retailers in this instance, what can you provide to the giant? What's the incentive? You know, instead of trying to take so much from people, what can you give? So have you have your ducks in the row? Like, you know, don't go and approach somebody without having done your homework. Um, right. You know, know what your know what your offer is, know what you want going in, because the person you're trying to sell to is going to know whether you don't know your stuff. Right. You know, people have a sixth sense when it comes to things like that. So know what you. I just want to say a warm welcome again to our audience, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter. Um, on YouTube, on Amazon, a warm welcome to you. I do just want to say we are talking to Sean McAware about his series and his learnings in life as an author and a successful business person. Also, just know that all these platforms, by default, they turn the sound off because sometimes you're watching in a place where you can't hear uh, or listen to sound. So if that is not you, if you can turn up the volume, please turn, turn up the volume, unmute so you can hear us. And also, please click on the on the, on the the follow button so that you can get notified when we are live again. Darshan, getting back to you, your latest book is Ananias' Trip to Atlantis. Yes. So did you, did you start with wanting to have a series or, you know, was that planned out or did you just start with the first book and hope for the best? Tell us a bit about that. No. So so uh, we started mm -hmm. out. So the day Anaya was born uh, is when I got the inspiration. I finally realized that, OK, I know how to write a children's book. I know what to base it off of. It was just all this love and this genuineness of saying like, hey, I'm, I'm a dad for the first time. I don't want to mess this up. So that night I had wrote a 10 book children's series. But I made a plan for five. I knew that I wanted her to, you know, kind of go through this with me, you know, ages one through five. So I, it, there was always a plan. If you look back at some of my old footage, I had already had the covers to these books when she was like two years old. You know, so we had already had the books written, but we were just releasing one book a year. We were trying to get her character to grow with her. Now, it is her on the cover, you know, on each book cover. This is a nice trip to Atlantis. So this is what she looks like now. You know, and right. this book here just came out a couple of weeks ago. So we're still doing good with this one. This, you know, everything was premeditated. Everything that I do is absolutely premeditated. Planned, planned. Yeah, so you planned, don't you don't planned. do things you don't do things by by accident. It's by right. it's by design. You know, right. and I would like to say that I believe people people succeed by design. <laughs> Yes. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen by accident that people succeed. You've got to want to succeed and 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 follow some sort of a plan that will eventually 
get you to the kind of dis, uh, success that that you want. What has it been like? Um, I like to ask our guests on the show, what has it been like to market your work during the pandemic? Because things have been so radically different. Um, you know, you can't go to book signings. You can't hold in-person events. What has that meant for um, Anaya's trip to Atlantis? What have you done so, differently? So I, this is so funny because when when the pandemic hit, this was a great opportunity for me because I came from marketing all of my books through the internet. So I wasn't worried about the grassroots getting out to people. I said, okay, I'm gonna go back to what I remember. I came from a place where I used to market to people on MySpace. And what I love the most is Google Translate. I could tell someone that I can speak Japanese or whatever Russian and with using Google Translator and I will contact people and start a conversation, you know, and they would think that, hey, this guy know, knows my language. And then slowly but shortly, I would end up selling my book to them. You know, so that's wow. been the biggest highlight for me. I've always done that. I've done it since 2007. I will never stop. This is why I am a bestseller. My books sell every day, every week, every month every year for ever since 2007, uh, 2007. So you've really sort of um, owned the online space and used it. Um, but tell us a little bit, you know, apart from sort of the languages, what have you used, how have you used online to sell the books? Because a lot of people are online, but it doesn't mean that they're selling books. So what exactly right. is it that you do to make the sale? Okay. Okay, so what I do is uh, years ago, I started uh, my own newsletter. It's always best to collect people's emails. So I'll email people, set up my storyline. People know who I am. They keep up with me throughout the years. And I slowly just inform people about what I have going on. And sometimes we use a email marketing company. This is probably the best way for people to do this. Use an email marketing company to help build up your portfolio of who you are. Uh, or you can even hire a publicist. A publicist is a great way to get your name out there, your face out there, your brand out there. You gotta have, you have to have people to help you market who you are. Uh, people want to know about your books. They want to know about you, you know, which is part of the reason why I started the podcast. My, my podcast was to let people know how to go about marketing their book. You have to learn how to sell yourself. You have to make yourself interesting. I like, I like that you started a podcast. Um, because a lot of people tend to get this wrong. You know, they spend however long it's taken them to write the book. Then they wait for the book to get published. And now they want to jump onto social media and they expect the book to sell. Yeah. It, yeah. it doesn't work that way. You no, have no, got no. to have, by the time your book is published, you already have to have a relationship with your audience. Um, so that whatever it is that you're offering to sell, it's not going to matter because that you've already you already have the relationship. Right. And that's very important. Um, and I'm glad you touched on the social media aspect. You have to get out there to the people as much as possible. This is the time that we're in with social media. Uh, so make yourself uh, brand yourself. I call it I call it brand correctness. Instead of being PC, I call it BC. Uh, be brand correct. Stay on brand about who you are and what you're trying to do. Uh, have a conversation with people. Pop on lives here and there. Um, give out your personal information, well, your business information so people can reach out to you. And trust me, you'll develop a great relationship with people who saw you from the beginning and, and the rise of your success. That's a, that's a, a, a very um, 
interesting and important point that you just made there about branding yourself online. Um, because I often see people make this mistake and they think that they can have a dual a dual personality online. You know, they say, well, this is me and that's my business. But in the world that we live in now, it doesn't work that way. No, you know, you you are your brand. <laughs> yep. There's no one me this and one me that. So whatever you do online, you know, you need to be cognizant of the fact that people are, are going to see you uh, as one being. Not they, They're not going to make the separation between you and the business that you represent. So all, you always, uh, you're always branding yourself. There's no off time. Right, right, always. You, you, because that's what people see, you know, and you're right. Whatever you put out there, that's what you're going to be associated with. I remember when, uh, when YouTube was, you know, just getting started and I realized, I said, a lot of people are doing a lot of goofy things. And I, I don't think they realize that that digital footprint is going to be out there for a while. And whatever people gravitate towards you is what they stick you with. Absolutely, absolutely. But you didn't just um, stop there with, with those marketing efforts and selling, um, you know, hard copies of your book. You've also stepped into the space of animation. Yes. Um, how how's that going? How's that going? And and why so, did you step in? Why did you step into animation? What was it that piqued your interest? Well, so the biggest thing about animation, especially with this series, was uh, still to this day there are just not enough there are not enough children's stories that talk about African American children's stories, if you will. Mm. You know, there's a lot of stories out there, a lot of characters, but it's not a story about a, a father who's actually doing what I'm doing in his real life. You know, trying to pursue uh, happiness in a sense, but in that pursuit of trying to get to happiness, you kind of you kind of neglect your family at times. You know, so we knew that we wanted to do an animation, but it, it's so difficult to get the animation rolling because it's so many people that have to be a part of it. And and you know, I think that's an aspect that we also sometimes forget is that we're not alone in this world. <laughs> We need we need to work on having a network of of people that can help us. And there's there's nothing wrong in asking for help. It's yeah. not a sign of it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help. And um, the interesting thing I've always found is that when you when you step up to someone and say I need help, very few people will say no. Almost never. People love it when you come up to them and say, Hey, I'd like to get this book out. Could you help me? Yeah. People are not going to say no if you just take the first step forward and actually um, help them. So when do you think that the, the animation um, will see the light of day? Well, so here's what happened. We had a huge Netflix and Hulu deal on the table. And this is why mm -hmm. I always talk about being transparent when you're doing business. The production company that we signed a non-exclusive deal with in order to make the Netflix and the Hulu, Hulu deal happen, um, they weren't being transparent with us. They ended up going out of business, right? So when when you partner with somebody and they go out of business, now you're left on your own because that production company, they have all the contacts and the resources. And unfortunately, me just being an author, I'm not privy to have those contacts, which is why a lot of people get with entertainment lawyers, because if a production company did like what they did to me, I would say to my entertainment lawyer, which I didn't have at the time, uh, hey, uh, can we still talk to Netflix and Hulu and try to work this deal out between us? But that Hollywood scene, 
it's so different from just publishing. It's it's a whole different ball game because there's so much money attached that those companies they want to purchase the rights from you and just move you out of the way. And that's not what I was all about. I really wanted to make sure that the story sticks to the point, you know, and the character looks like the character. So I think for us, we're still working on it. Um, I'm connecting with some more people now. I'm, um, some, some people such as Floyd Mayweather, I'm trying to see if he'll be interested in being an executive producer uh, of the brand and see what we can do from there. So it's still, it's still, it's, the wheels are still turning. The storyboard is out there. The storyline is out there, but I just trying to sell it to the right person. So just to repeat what you know what you said now, if you had to do this over again from the start, yeah, what other things did you have in place first? So the first thing I would have in place is the story, like your story, the storyboard, the plot, you know, the whole line of it, right? Mainly the storyboard, and also having an entertainment lawyer. Mm-hmm. Entertainment lawyers are well connected, and they know how to guide you into that industry and what the film industry notices about a person that has an entertainment lawyer is that you're of great representation you're legal this lawyer you know vetted you properly so i would do that i tried to skip a step to skip over the lawyer and go directly to a production company but i see now if if a company goes out of business i'll still have my lawyer that is a good good learning you know sometimes we think we'll take shortcuts um you know i I read something the other day which i thought was actually quite profound a guy said you know he's a photographer and um when the client said to him how much do you charge and he says well i charge ten thousand and the client said goodness that's a lot of money you know um and he said well how much do you think you should be paying and he says well um 150 and the photographer says to him well for 150 i'll teach you how to take your own photographs and the person says fantastic and he says but before we get started you will need to invest in a dslr camera which costs x amount you'll have to invest in a lens which costs x amount you'll need a tripod you'll need this that and the other and the person quickly realized whoa this is like three times the ten thousand he was talking about yeah 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 that's exactly right you know you 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 have to um you know the biggest thing i like to tell people is the way to invest in yourself is about your ideas you know, not so much into like investing into the market, but investing into yourself, you know, buying the right, you know, uh, equipment, if you can take your time and research it. There are plenty of free videos and free advice of people telling you how to do it the right way so you can be successful. So start with good, you know, research is everything. Do do your homework. Um, Doshawn, I want to move on to actually the sort of writing uh, process. How do you write a compelling story? Because, you know, we can all, we all speak English or whichever language we write and we all know how to write, but writing a compelling storyline and being able to get your work out to print is not as easy. <laughs> so right. do you have any, do you have any tips or suggestions that you're willing oh. to to share? Oh, absolutely. Listen, it doesn't matter what genre it is. The best way to tell a story is from your own personal experience. And I when, and when I say experience, I'm talking about dealing with your own imagination. You have to stay inside of your mind when it comes to writing. When I first started writing poetry, I spoke about my heart being broken. 
and they came from a true place. So when when you read it on paper, you go, you know, I, I understand where this young man is coming from. So fast forward years later, I go, well, listen, I want to tap back into my childhood. I want to find out what it is to play again. And I, now I have a little person I can play with, you know, and I can show her how to do certain things. So I tapped into that. So with our children's book series, they're just fun. So I tapped into my fun side. You know, I'm like, again, I'm just happy to be a dad. I'm happy somebody wants to play with me, you know, and go to the park with me all the time. So in order to write a compelling story, I would say you have to stay inside of your imagination. That's where the best books come out of, your imagination. That is amazing. And I like that you talk about um, tapping into your real life experiences. Um because they're relatable, you know, it's unlike stuff that you make up. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't convey the same uh, sense of authenticity as when you're talking from your heart, because when you're talking from your heart, you become relatable to other people, um, you know, and very often we think no one else can understand my story. Um, but surprise, surprise, when you, when you actually muster up the courage to share a real life story, you will find that there are so many people that will reach out to you and say, yes, this is me. This was written just for me. This was written just for my child. Right. You know, right. because it's, because it's so um, relatable. So I like, I like that particular tip that you shared. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and so once your book is actually, I'm going to put you on full screen for a second because okay. I want people to see those books. <laughs> They are gorgeous books. So to what extent did you, were you sort of involved in designing uh, the covers? Okay, so I'm, I'm involved in every aspect of these books. Um, what happens, what we were doing was the first book, Anaya didn't have any say-so. It was just my wife. And we were just trying to figure out, okay, how do we make this, uh, give it a commercial appeal? And right. then the second book, we decided to say, okay, well, let's, let's show Anaya how to do this and kind of work with the software with her. And right. she's real familiar with it. So I started letting Anaya basically pick the font and the color of the font and wh what's gonna happen you know, with the pictures. So I'm involved in every aspect of these. My whole entire family, we, we well, the ladies in the family have the final say so. A lot of the covers that I like didn't go through. So these are the ones that they picked. You know, I really like that you actually asked Anaya, because the thing is, she's a child. <laughs> yeah, she knows what she likes, and chances are that other children are going to like what she likes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's been working well for us. It's been wor working well. Uh, she designs the shoes, the socks, the umbrellas. I show her how to work all the software, and I have her pick the the you know the best image that she wants to see out there. So everything that I do, I just have to plan for, but I kind of let her approve everything after that. But aren't you teaching your daughter great business skills at the same time? Yes, yes. Um, great business skills and also how to be a competent communicator. That's the biggest thing that I want her to be able to do is to be able to say what you're going to say, be confident about what you're going to say, and be responsible about what you're going to say. So, yeah, she's becoming a great business person. That is amazing. I can see a young author in the development there and look forward to, to her writing her own stories once she once she gets around to that. I'm and you know, with the right encouragement, I'm 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 sure she'll get there pretty quickly. So I think you've you've you 
teaching your daughter to grow grow up with great great skills, and that is um, that is fantastic. What's next for Darshawn McAway? Well, what's next for me is I'm going to uh, put a lot more marketing dollars into my fragrance line. Um, I have Balance Cologne. I've had this out since. Let me put you on full screen. Let me put you on sure. full screen for that. So this is go. Balance Cologne. Um, this is uh, it's been out since 2018. So we're we're gonna you know pump a lot of money into that, and we're just oh, and uh, Anaya is going to do a a museum is it a museum event where she's going to display her paintings, and she took her paintings and turned them into a watch. So we're gonna oh, do wow. that. Wow! Oh my gosh, gonna, that's amazing. Yeah, we're gonna do that for her, and um, we're gonna tell we're we're trying to have an event where we talk to parents about honing in on your children's talents and how to, you know, how to possibly make revenue from that. But it's, it's not really about that. It's about trying to find out who they are, you know, tap into who they are so you could find out, okay, this is what they're interested in. Let's keep her in that and let's keep her focused. And, and if we can hire someone to help her more than what we know, let's stay right there and do that. So, you know, that's, I guess I'm uh, more for me is more parenting more hands-on with her trying to get her figured out, you know, cause she's about to be six years old and I can see her personality changing a little bit. So I'm like, okay, let's find out what you're really interested in. I, I want to just give a shout out to Lillian um, Muller who's watching us. Um, and she's got an amazing son and daughter, Ella and, and, and Marlon. Um, and Ella, I think is, 10 years old and she's live streaming she's live streaming and wow. doing an absolutely um amazing job she's got the most amazing on-camera personality and also her little brother um so a big shout out to to Lillian um who's doing a great job with her her two children um and and I can see I mean Anaya is watching you um doing your podcast no doubt mm -hmm. yeah she's uh well and, and we also have a podcast together uh, we have a baby author oh, wow. yeah yeah oh, we're, wow. the fam we're, it's uh we talk about the books we talk about family business uh, we talk about raising her and you know how difficult it is it's, it's difficult to uh to keep your family on the same track you know but we try to make uh, her have a lot of fun in this process. Um, the biggest thing that we focus on on a podcast is having um, our daughter get to know us, right? Because we're, you know, we're so, and that's something that a lot of people don't focus on is, hey, how do we get her to get to know us? And and so she won't think that we don't want to have fun or we're too boring. We're trying to explain to her like, hey, this is what we go through. And we know you're trying to have fun, but you need to kind of get to know us a little bit too. And I think, you know, with the with the podcast, you you sort of able to because you, you're talking to the world, you're able to step out of that sort of um, mommy and daddy mode that you generally would be in. Yeah. And so she's getting to experience you the way other people would experience you. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's that's great because you know children sometimes only see us in the you know mommy daddy role, and they don't get to experience what we're like with other people. Whereas her being involved in your podcast gives her that opportunity at a very very young age, um, yeah. which which is phenomenal. 
and um, and you equipping her with great great business skills from a young age, um, you know, just because formal education, while it's great, and while I will advocate for formal education, nothing replaces the hands-on education, the skills part, the life skills part, which is what you are are teaching her. Right. Um, you know, that's a very very important aspect of. Um, of children. Darshawn, I want to say a huge big thank you to you. Thank you. For your time, for sharing your learnings with um, Anaya's adventures. And, thank you so much. Uh, and we wish you well with the series, with the animation. We'd love to. I'm going to put you on full screen for a second again so you can okay. show that up. Sure do. And, uh, and we wish you well with the, with the animation bit. I would really like for you to come back again once you've got the animation um, in the bag to tell us about um, how that went. That'll be absolutely fabulous. So, um, so congratulations on that again. And Lillian says, well done to you, Darshawn. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. I really appreciate you so much. You, you, you've been helping me, for, I think, what has it been, two years now, maybe three? You know, it's been a while. Yeah, it, it has been a while. You know, we actually, this July, the Writer's Corner Live show will have been running for, for three years. And, Darshawn, you have been one of the very, very first people that we had on the show. So it has been a three-year journey with, with yep. Writer's Corner Live. So thank you for always, um, you know, thank you for your support. Much, much appreciated. Thank you so much. You have a great day. Thank you. Thanks very much to our listeners out there and uh, our viewers and whichever platform you're watching us, us on. Much appreciated. Thank you for stopping by and great to have had you join us. And again, um, Lillian, thank you for your kind words. Much, much appreciated. Take care, everyone. We'll see you back next week on the Writer's Corner Live show. Mm -hmm.